Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 359, the slowest rapid-fire Q&A. And I am your co-host, and the guy who still is running around with a great big old grin on his face. And I'm your co-host, and ditto. And I bet it's the same reason. <laughs> I bet it is, too, and I haven't even spoken with you about this. Did you well, see some polls? You did get a picture from me yesterday morning. Yeah. So you may have a clue what, what it is, but I am still seeing polls. So I sent you three videos on my end, and they didn't even come through, apparently. I did not get them. Exactly. So go ahead and tell me about your experience first, and then I'm going to try to one-up you. So I'm <laughs> seeing smaller flocks of turkeys. The smaller flocks that I'm seeing are single hens, sometimes mm-hmm. double hens with three, four, eight poults that are now probably 80 to 90 percent 90 may be a stretch 80 percent the size of the hen yeah and what i'm thinking and i don't know this would be a great question to ask mike chamberlain 
or Brett Collier. But what I'm thinking is that these big flocks, like these big family flocks, when you know a hen has six or eight poults following uh-huh. her around and she sees another hen and that hen's got three or four poults, you know, I think they kind of group up just, you know, more yeah. eyeballs. Yes, more targets, but more eyeballs, strength and numbers kind of thing. Family unit, so to speak, you know, one or two hens with some poults and just break off into some smaller groups. So I'm seeing smaller flocks of turkeys with definite poults, no question about it, poults with them. And then, you know, and, and those those smaller flocks could possibly be the same turkeys, like I said last week or the week before, as what I saw in those two really big flocks Yeah, with the two piles of poults. So it could be the same turkeys. But I do know for a fact that I saw different hens with different poults yesterday because I saw what had to be a late hatch hmm. as a hen with... Little birds. Yeah, with probably, shoot, I counted them and I can't remember, but it was five or six about chicken-sized poults. Yeah, wow. So I think there was a lot of late-hatch birds this year. Yeah, my guess is that was probably a re-nest. Mm-hmm. But, Successful. Yeah, yeah, but what do I know? I mean, I'm yeah. all speculation on my end, and that's part of the fun of turkey hunting, isn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. And being a turkey lover is speculating. 100% part of it, for sure. So... Tell me your story. Well, I went to a spot where I actually called up a gobbler this past spring and videoed him and let him walk off. And in a field just north of there, I walked up to the edge of the field, looked, and saw one hen with nine poults that are about 60% her size. Definitely all poults, though. And then about 200 yards past her was three hens with 10 poults. And then about 200 yards to the west of them was five jakes that I think were all jake poults, but they were big enough to where I guess they're splitting out now. I don't know. Uh, They weren't with mom. They were just kind of off to the side by themselves. But they were small, tiny looking little jakes. And then in this same field, just a little further north, there was another seven turkeys. And I didn't get a good look at them, but wow. probably 40-some-odd turkeys in one field, and the hens all had really nice number of poults with them. I, I, everything I'm seeing and hearing is continuing to echo that we may have had the year we've been hoping to have, finally, with a hatch. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it really... Not any, not just, you know, specific areas, which has kind of been the case the past couple of years where there's been a few small pockets that did good. I think we had a pretty good hatch almost nationwide, at least in the eastern half of the nation. Yeah. Well, so I'm, Lord I'm pumped. I'll certainly was, use it. Absolutely. We needed it. And I'm, I'm stoked. I, I haven't ever seen that many poults. And they were all in, like you said, little segregated groups, one with nine. Three had ten, the jakes all together, and then another group in the back I couldn't get a good look at. But, heck, that may have been the gobblers. I don't know. I could, I can't find the gobbler. That's the problem I'm running into. That's why I was there is looking for the uh, gobbler I'm going to pursue in the fall here in a couple weeks, and I can't find him anymore. He's he, There were no tracks, no gobbler feathers, no droppings. I, but I just have to believe he's hitting the same food source that all those other turkeys are hitting. No, man, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt that either. That, that could also be the case, you know. Yeah. The owls, instead of picking off the poults that are walking around, they're just smoking the gobblers. Why not? 
Have bigger yeah. heads to eat. Exactly. I don't know. He's he's got to be somewhere around there. Good stuff. But looking forward to it. And I think we got a pretty cool show today. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. You floated this idea out there a couple months ago, and I'm I'm glad we're doing it. Well, I thought it'd be fun. You know, I've I've done this before. It's been a long time ago, but I've done it before, but never the I guess style. We are going to give each other. The rapid fire Q and A, right? But with a twist. So you guys listening, this will not be the shortest episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast ever. It will not be a six minute long episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast, and then you know we're out the door. Good night, everyone. You've been a great crowd. So what we're going to do is run through these questions. I'm going to ask Cameron the questions. Cameron's going to do the same to me, and we're going to go through and just explain our answers. Yeah, I like it. You know, and some of them are going to be where we don't really need to explain, but like number of grand slams. Well, I don't know that there's an explanation that needs to go with that. Maybe you have one, but I don't. <laughs> no, so, I think that'll be pretty quick, but some yeah. will be more caused than others. Yes. So are we both going to answer each question? I think that'd be better just to do it that yeah. way. Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm in. You want to? You want to kick it off? Yeah, let's jump in and do this. So you ask me the question and I'll give the first answer. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? I'm going to have to go with baked. Baked. Yeah. And what's your preferred I, method I of baking? Oh, man, I'm, t- I'm going to take it back. No, I'm not. Yeah, no. Yeah. This may be a long episode. Could very well be. It should be <laughs> an easy answer. It's grilled or baked. I mean, I'm really kind of, kind of torn on this one because... I do love them cut into strips and wrapped, you know, take you some cottage cheese, some jalapenos if you like something a little spicy or some bananas, banana peppers. You put cottage cheese in there or cream cheese? Did I say cottage cheese? You did. Oh, that's disgusting. So that's like one of the (laughs) five or six things in this world that I will not eat. Is well, absolutely just, just disgusting to me. You just time. told the listeners to wrap turkey around some cottage cheese. So here, <laughs> here's what you're going to do. You take some cottage cheese. Oh, gosh. And you take an olive. Yeah. Oh, a little man. dab of oatmeal in there. Yeah. You got a recipe going here. Yeah. Throw some yogurt on top of that. Wrap a mm. turkey strip around that and leave off the bacon and put that on the grill. Delicious. Other than the turkey, you'll have about four of the things in this world I cannot stand to eat. Yeah. So, all right. No, thank you. Cream cheese. I wonder why you hesitated. Sorry, you had me kind of shocked there. I was like, I don't want any part of that uh, that recipe, my friend. This this is going to be the third week in a row that we say this. Do not try that at home. Do not. (laughs) Do not try that. Do not try cottage cheese and wild turkey at home. That's disgusting. All right. But we all know what they are. You take cream cheese, peppers of some kind, banana, peppers, or jalapenos, wrap a strip of turkey around that, wrap that in bacon. Of course, season the turkey, but mm-hmm. wrap that in bacon, throw it on the grill. I mean, that's just hard to beat. It's hard to beat oh, with yeah. venison. It's hard to beat with wild turkey. It really Doves, is hard to beat with anything. Ducks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the popper strategy works well with all wild game. It does. It does. So uh, that 
as easy and as done to death as that is, is still one of my favorites. And it's just hard to beat. But I do like it just baked, very simply cooked with garlic powder, a little onion powder, some olive oil, black pepper, bake it in the oven until it's cooked up just right, not overcooked, obviously. Mm. And it's it's just that way you really get the true flavor of the meat, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. All right, so you. All right, so I'm going to go to a, a double answer here. So if I'm at home cooking a turkey, my favorite method would be my firecracker meatballs, and that's ground and baked. So either that or my grilled tequila lime cilantro kebabs. But I'm probably going to go with the meatballs, so we'll say baked if I'm at home. And but my favorite turkey to eat on this planet is when you're camping out on a multi-day turkey trip and you kill a bird and you fry him up right there in camp. Can't beat it, in my opinion. That that not only for the meal but the experience is just awesome. Having those turkey nuggets while you're sitting around with your buddies and yeah. enjoying the fire and just you know frying up some turkey nuggets and retelling the story and stuff that that's just the tops for me. I, I can see myself right now in a state we were in last year and my brother killed his first Merriams. We all all four of us were watching him shoot him and we called him in he shot him and an hour later we had him on the tailgate frying him up you know i mean you just can't beat that yeah it is hard to beat fresh never frozen oh yeah especially when he was gobbling an hour ago and now you're sitting on the mountaintop frying him up looking out over the most beautiful landscape talking with your friends and just not a care in the world other than your turkey hunting and eating lunch you know so yeah man i'd say that aesthetically i like that the most but if i had to eat a meal baked i'm going baked as well cool all right all right you want to ask me question number two first we'll just flip flop back and forth yeah about wild turkey on the rocks neat with cola or with water so i am not the connoisseur that you are but i'm gonna go with cola okay so that's that's gonna be a pretty quick answer for me i don't really have much expansion there i'm going cola all right. And I'm not going to be judgy. <laughs> with wild turkey. I'm not. I'm which not going to be judgy with wild turkey. No. Yeah. No. And and I have no problem with wild turkey. I prefer 101. If you're just talking straight wild turkey and none of the long branch or any of the other yeah, the more varieties. Stuff. Maybe I should say subspecies of wild turkey bourbon. So I'm going to go wild turkey 101 on the rock. Easy breezy. You're a true connoisseur, man. Yeah, I like it a little hot. I like it with some heat. So those higher proof bourbons, I'm in. Down with that. There you go. There you go. It's good stuff. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, I'm going right. to go on to the next one. Number of Lay Grand Slams. Three. It's going to be the you. same with you, and it's going to be the same with 95, maybe 98% of the people that listen to this show and have ever been on the show. The number one limiting factor? Osceola. Osceola's. Yeah, I'm at two. Yeah, second one last year. Same same deal. Limiting factors, the Osceola, and if I don't ever kill another Grand Slam, I'll be, be just fine. But I do hope to chase Osceola's again, not even for a Grand Slam's sake. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's, for me, it, it was cool to do it, you know, 
Actually, this past year, I got a single season Grand Slam and didn't realize it till four days after it had already hey. been finished. Yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I killed my Merriam, which was the single season Slam, and four days later, I killed another Merriam, and I, I thought, wait, that one I killed a couple of days ago is a single season Slam. That's cool. Yeah. And I didn't even, wasn't even planned. I mean, not at all. Not in one way or another i mean it just happened that way the states i went to and got drawn for that one tag and things just worked out i happened to kill a grand slam last year so single cool. season and single state grand slam yeah that would be all now, in that alaska. would be something yeah all in alaska it's pretty impressive yeah you know yeah that's actually on my to-do list and i just have not made it a priority because well you've listened to this show more than twice you know what my priority is and that is to finish the super slam yeah yeah well it was pretty cool i mean now you know when i reflect on my season just the the four different terrains you chase turkeys in when you do a single season slam that's what's cooler to me than killing the four turkeys yeah is the if you're gonna pursue them all and in totally different states and stuff you're going to be in vastly different terrain no doubt Oh yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, and I can see why Jeff Buds, you know, loves to do that twice a year now, I guess, because he gets his two Osceolas, and and then I, well, I guess he gets one in the fall too. So he's getting four. three or four a year, yeah, three yeah. or four a year, and I know he he just completed a the monthly slam, which I said that on the show, and then Jeff Buds did it to me, not saying he heard it on the show, but I came up yeah. with that idea like a year ago, and I remember you saying you better not say. Yeah, too loud or buds might do it and then i looked on instagram and he was doing it yeah and he did it <laughs> good kill turkey all 12 months that's pretty that's pretty cool. spectacular I yeah cannot believe you got a july turkey that, that blows my mind you only had one day to do it but he got him a gobbler in july that is pretty cool stuff yeah so anyway so have you ever killed a bearded hen so i have not killed a bearded hen I was with someone, and he was on the gun, and it was on his property, and a bearded hen came in, and I was the one that could see her, and I said, it's a bearded hen, do you want her? And he said, yeah, actually, I would love to do that. I said, all right, here she comes. So he killed her. And so it was a neat experience to get to examine her, uh, but I have not personally killed a bearded hen. I've killed a hen in the fall, but not a bearded hen. Yeah. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? I have never killed a bearded hen, and, you know, that was something I wanted to do when we went out on our February hunt. And yeah, we saw some. <laughs> I saw they were everywhere. Except for, <laughs> except for the flock we were hunting, I guess. Well, there were some in there, but we just didn't get the opportunity. And so, yeah, yeah the, the last day of the hunt, the day after you left and were forever trapped in Colorado on yeah. a route to your home yeah i was face to face with i can't tell you how many hens and not a single one of them had actually i take it back there was a bearded hen in the group the very first group that i saw when i walked onto this piece of property when i was trying to get to that back tree line where you and i were sitting and Mm -hmm. the eagle came in and swooped down on the yeah that was awesome and so I had the gun on her and I said, I'm not going to shoot because I don't have another tag. You can't, you can not get your second tag until you kill your first bird mm-hmm. or kill your first tag. 
And I wanted to get to that back tree line because I'd seen a bunch of toms back there. And I yeah. wanted an opportunity to take a tom because I wanted to send you a picture of it and rub it in your face. And that would have killed my soul as I was trapped. <laughs> and you would have loved so, every second of it. I had the sights on her and did not shoot. The opportunity but was there. It was there. And I'll I'll do it one day. But yeah, it's and it would need to be in a place like we were that just has an abundance. Uh, yeah, no reservation there, as, especially near the towns, because they probably could use it. <laughs> yeah, but I certainly would not do it anywhere in the southeast or one of those states. It's you know, no. struggling with their population. I just, you know, even though it is winter and anything can happen, a golden eagle could swoop down and get that hen five minutes after I let her walk. Yeah. If but, you kill her, it's it's definitely over. Definitely. Yeah. So, well, you'll you'll get it one day, and there's there's areas you can go where I can guarantee you won't feel bad about doing it. So. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. All right, you're up. Have you ever killed Jake? I have, and it's actually a pretty humorous story. <laughs> so, my second turkey I ever killed was a Jake, nice. and. I was hunting with a real good friend of mine, and he's actually the guy that I'm going to say got me into turkey hunting because he was the one when we were in college who just one afternoon in the spring said, hey, you want to go turkey hunting in the morning? And I said, I don't know anything about turkey hunting. He said, I don't either, but let's go. And so we went out together for the very first time, each our first time. and. Anyway, it was not this, that particular hunt that I killed the Jake, but he and I were hunting. I had graduated. He was still a, I think he was a fourth year freshman. Mm -hmm. And well, let's say I graduated. So no, he was a fifth year freshman. And we went out, we were in this clear cut. Well, first of all, we pull in there, we park, get out of his truck, hooting, 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 nothing. And he's like, I roosted these birds in here. Last night, I know they're they're here, but he didn't know exactly where they were. He'd roosted them from across the road. He just knew that they were over on this piece of property gobbling. So we get in the truck. We drive further down the road away from the gate that we drove in. Get out, hoot, the turkeys gobble. We had parked underneath the turkeys. (laughs) So that's why they weren't gobbling at your hooting. That's why they weren't gobbling. So they... They flew down and were in this clear cut and we circled around down through the draw, came up. And as these little fingers of the draw, you know, we're going uphill. So the fingers of the draw are kind of fading out as you're going up the hill, Mm -hmm. getting more and more shallow. So it's harder to walk up and not be seen. And he's calling and the turkeys are coming, gobbling. And it got to that point where you just had to sit down. So I sit down and I'm in this little depression sitting up against a stump and before we separated he said after you shoot stay down because i'm going to shoot too and i said okay so there were two jakes and one tom in this Mm -hmm. group so we already knew there was going to be at least if everything worked out there was going to be at least one jake that died yeah and he's calling turkeys are gobbling they're coming to me coming to me i see a head poke up over a fallen tree and poked up and then it went right back down and i was like all right well when it went down i moved my gun over in that direction 
head poked up again and boom. Yeah. <laughs> I shot. He jumps up from behind me. Boom. He shot. We went over there. We'd each killed a Jake. <laughs> the long beard lived long, another day. Long beard was wised up at that point. Oh, man. And of course, I would be, I would never take that shot today. Yeah. But then that was, like I said, the second turkey oh, yeah. that I'd ever killed. I was stoked. He was stoked. I don't know how many he'd killed to that point, but. You know, we that's my first ever double as well. Nice. So hey. that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. So how about you? I have I never answered that question. Quite honestly killed a pile of Jake's and have no remorse about it. So when I was a kid and first started hunting, I mean, I wasn't even 16 and, you know, I'd have to get dropped off to hunt on weekends and stuff. And if a Jake came in goblin, he got shot. I'm just telling it like it is. And that's. Yeah. Part of the learning process that I went through with turkey hunting was jakes were a big part of it because they were something that my squawking could could get to come in. <laughs> and so I killed my first ever turkey was a jake. I had another one I killed, I know, with my mentor. And, you know, he gave me the option. I said, yeah, I want to kill it. So I shot another jake. And then it was towards the end of the season one year and I'd been whooped on all the weekends I was able to hunt. And I called to a turkey and it jumped up and flew like half a mile to me across this cattle pasture. Lands in front of me, Jake, he's dead. <laughs> and <laughs> killed a fall Jake. I've killed quite a few Jakes. I've had, I've only had one mistake Jake that I remember. Yeah, I've only had one where I thought it was for sure a gobbler and squeezed the trigger and it killed the Jake. Yeah. You know, and I, I think if you hunt long enough, that's, there's a chance that's going to happen a pretty pretty high likelihood of that happening especially yeah. if you hunting hills and he just he had no jake gobble on him it was it was full as could be and all he did was poke his head up and he had multicolored you know everything and i roasted him and walked up there and he's a jake mm-hmm. so it's just that's part of it you know so i've killed plenty of jakes I don't particularly plan to shoot more jakes on purpose. Maybe in the fall. I haven't. I, if I get an opportunity to jake this fall with my bow, maybe. Well, that'd be I, hard to turn down, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think a fall jake I probably would take, but I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we move on to the next one, I have a. I'm going to try to make it a two-minute long story of a Jake kill that is just hilarious to me. So me, Chip, and John are on a hunt out west, and we get into this creek bottom, and there must be six or seven toms in this creek bottom just gobbling their brains out. Well, there's gobbles coming from way over on the other side of the hill. We're, in, we're down in the creek bottom, but way on the other side of the hill that we're sitting against or sitting on the hillside, we uh-huh. hear gobbles. Well, we couldn't get these turkeys that were on the creek in that creek bottom to come in, but the turkeys on the other side of the hill are gobbling and they're coming. So we walk up this draw, get right up against a fence line, and we can see them coming. I mean, you can see these turkeys coming from three, 400 yards away. <laughs> Full strut, gobbling their brains out. I mean, you can go, yep. Ow. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Washing them the whole way. 
is Yankee John's turn to shoot. Chip and I had killed. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. I'm looking at them in the binoculars when they get out to about 100 yards, maybe 150 yards. I'm looking at the binoculars and I see it's two jakes. Goblin coming on a string, gobbling their brains out. Walk right up 40 yards. <laughs> Yankee John. Boom! Chip was behind me. And I turn around and look at Chip. And he just shrugged his shoulders. Neither one of us said anything. John jumps up and he's like, oh, blank, yeah, yes, yeah, that was awesome. Man, that <laughs> came forever all the way up here. And I was like, heck yeah, man. That's, I'm, congratulations. I slap him on the back. And, you know, he's like, oh, that was incredible. I can't, I mean, we watched him from so far just coming in and strutting the whole time. And just right up here, I mean, walk right in front of my gun barrel, and that was it. We get up there to the turkeys, and he goes, I shot a damn Jake. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at him, and I said, you didn't mean to shoot a Jake? He said, no, I thought that was a Tom. I said, no. He was a Jake when he was 400 yards away. He was a Jake at 150 yards when I looked at him in the binoculars, and he's a Jake right there, and he ain't ever going to be anything but a Jake. Congratulations. You've now got Puerto Rico marked off your list. Hey, it, that experience that he had and the fired upness before he realized it's a Jake, that's what it's about. You that's know? what I told him. I'm like, dude, that kind of hunt? Yeah, who cares, you know? I mean, but if I had, know it's a... He had to kill a Tom. Yeah. So we got him one. Well, hey, worst things uh, could happen. and Yeah. You know, that experience and I... I'm not going to slight somebody for shooting a Jake if that's what they want to do. I, I personally, in the Southeast right now, think it probably wouldn't be a wise decision unless, you know, you know what your population is. But I'm not going to blame anybody for it. If the Jake, if you watch some of the old timey videos, they killed a lot of Jakes. <laughs> the Jake was considered a gobbler. <laughs> no, well, considered meat. If he gobbled, he was he was a gobbler. I mean, yeah. and a lot of these books I read when they started out hunting, if it was goblin, it's a gobbler. It doesn't matter if it had a three quarter inch beard or a 10 inch beard. It's a gobbler. Yeah. So it's just part of it. And Yankee John had him a heck of a hunt. And that feeling he had when he jumped up from his tree was, you know, just like it was a gobbler. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the answer there. I, I think uh, I've definitely gotten my fair share of jakes i'm not out there seeking more jakes but i'm not gonna say in my life that another one won't accidentally die right yeah uh one more quick story on this so my mentor who i mean he won't even shoot a gobbler you know he doesn't shoot turkeys well the last turkey i ever saw him shoot we were together and sitting back to back and he actually brought his gun we're kind of on a mission to kill this turkey and Three toms come in. First tom walks through the gap. He starts easing his gun up. Second tom walks through the gap. Both two big old long beards. Gets his gun up. Third one's head comes in. Boom! He kills him. Jake. Oh. <laughs> it was two long beards and a Jake. Oh. <laughs> and he just like when we got out there, he just couldn't. He couldn't believe it. <laughs> I I'd have a hard time believing that too. Had I squeezed the trigger, the last bird out of three. Yeah, was it he, Jake? He just couldn't believe it. I and I couldn't either. I was I, I still haven't seen that. Actually, you know, this past year in southern Alaska, 
one of the toms I killed, it was two toms and a Jake, and that's what it was. And the, they all were together. But was the Jake last? No, nah, he just the one tom was strutting, one tom was standing to the side, and the Jake was standing by the tom to the side, and they just were watching. <laughs> and you know, it was like they were on the equal level, even though one was right. much larger than the other one. But yeah, he, I'm telling you, it tore him up. It's the last turkey I've ever seen him kill. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why he quit shooting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but mm. anyway, I think, is it your turn to ask a quit? No, it's mine. Your turn. 10 minute successful hunt on a two year old or a four hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four year old. I probably just need to change that question up a little bit. I'm never going to pick a miss. I don't care if it's a four-hour-long hunt, and I don't care if it's a 20-year-old turkey. I'll take a 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old all day, every day. Yeah. Period. End of story. How about you? So, the miss part doesn't bother me because I guess I can't even answer that without saying if I'm out of state, 10-minute two-year-old, all day, every day, twice on Sunday, he is who I'm looking for. The 10 minute mm-hmm. two year old is is the, the my guy. Your dream that's date. Who, that's who I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm at home, you know, and it's not the last day of the season or something, I wouldn't mind the four hour long battle with a miss and be able to know he's still out there as long as I know it's clean and and I get to keep hunting. So yeah, if it's my home state. I may would, it, that's a hard call, but I think I'm getting to where I wouldn't mind that four hour battle, you know, but hands down, if I'm out of state, 10 minute, two year old, you are my man. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's all I'll say on that one. All right. So favorite camo pattern. Well, I was a bottom land guy forever. And before that, I actually used real tree original. I like both of those patterns. They're both dull bark vertical line patterns but here the past couple of years duck camp which is a new company has they gave me some camo on the front end just to kind of test out for turkey hunting and they've been really nice to me that I'm, I'm not a paid sponsor or anything for them but i talk to the guys at that company often and, and so i prefer duck camp camo now personally and it's worked exceptionally well for me i was a little bit skeptical when i first got it honestly but it's another camo pattern that's based with vertical lines like tree bark and i've hunted turkeys all over the country in it and it i have not had a problem with turkey seeing me at all with sit still whereas i had i won't name the company but i had a company's brand of bottom land years ago that was made in some kind of polyester or something that was it was shiny and i mean turkeys would pick me out not moving a muscle i wouldn't even blink and they'd pick me out like i was wearing a white sack around me or something you know as well have been i know it really to a bird's eye i think those reflective things are it's why their feathers are like that i think that's a big deal yeah and so this duck camp camo it has a good dull undertone to it greens and browns and grays and it blends in really well comfortable stuff so i'm gonna go with duck camp camo is my favorite camo pattern right now and i have to say it is a good looking pattern yeah i it 
it looks a lot better in the woods than it does in the city. Yeah, which is where I want it to look good. <laughs> yeah. And, it blends in well. You know, Mossy Oak Bottomland, that's a good-looking camo in the woods or in the city. Oh, yeah. You can get married in that. Yeah. But your duck camp camo, I was, and I think I even mentioned it to you when we were in Puerto Rico oh, yeah. this spring, that that in the woods, that is a good-looking camo, that it's really blends in well. Yeah, it, it truly does. It's a good spring spring camo, the one. They used to have two different patterns. Now they just have one, I believe, that's actually camo. And it, as I said, it's passed the test on turkeys, in my opinion, so far. Yeah. So that's a that's a big deal. I was skeptical, you know, just like everything else when I first put it on. But I've had many, many hens, jakes that were just feet from me and didn't see me, even a couple gobblers that I called in really close and didn't see me at all. So I, I have full confidence that it will fool a turkey's eyes. Yeah. And unless you're jumping up and down and moving, which I don't care what you're wearing. <laughs> sure. Point. Yeah. But what is yours? Cause I know you, you wear the same thing. You've always worn the same thing when I've hunted with you since I met you. It's because I'm cheap. Hey, and you've killed turkeys. So I don't really have a favorite camo pattern. You know, the mossy oak bottomland looks good. The original mossy oak green leaf, you know, that's a, I think they called it full full, full foliage. Yeah. I don't even think you can buy it anymore, but that was a good looking camo. Yeah, green leaf is good. And, you know, there's some of those real tree patterns that are really good looking. That duck camp looks good. I mean, I don't really have a favorite pattern. I want to use just whatever works and i do try to kind of match it according to the season early season it's going to be different than late season and i try to match it to the terrain not really the terrain but the the environment that i'm going to be hunting in yeah so that's it for me yeah Yeah. i mean for me if i'm going to buy cold weather type gear i want it to match early season turkey habitat you know Mm mm-hmm you don't want to buy a super green looking, you know, heavy jacket because <laughs> if it's super green out, you're probably not going to be wearing that jacket. Right. So to me, it's you do have to be a little bit conscious of that of like, all right, early season when it's cold, I'm going to want dull patterns that are dead winter type stuff. And then my lightweight camo needs to have a lot more green in it. It's kind mm-hmm. of my my opinion on things. But what's all right. You better answer this one correctly. Wild turkey left for dinner or for the dog? Ground and for dinner. Heck yeah, grounded for dinner. That's mine too. If you're throwing away your turkey legs, I implore you, try grinding the meat. Just cut it off the bone and grind it, and you will not regret that. Not at all. And you also can make like a barbecue with it if you want to do the crock pot, but pretty much the key with it is low and slow or grind it. Yeah. Taste-wise, you can't beat it. Agree totally. All right. I know the answer to this for you. More <laughs> or less than five strikers in your turkey vest. Is it open in day and have I gone to the woods yet? <laughs> 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 so, as of right now, less because I lost them all. <laughs> but if it was open in day, I'd probably have around, I'd say, I think it's always less. I usually carry three and lose two if not all of them so started the season 
but I'm less. Yeah. What about you? I'm usually three. Three as well? So less, yes. Yeah. Nice. What about, all right, so I guess truly this won't send people to a certain state. What was the state you killed your first turkey? Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Well, what was the state you killed your first turkey in? <laughs> Alaska. All right. <laughs> You're not taking any chances. Which is the state that I also killed my last turkey in. Yes. I did kill my last turkey in Alaska. So we'll move on from there. I'm I'm not counting that as my turn. Sit okay. in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot. I would run and gun for 24 hours straight and not shoot over yeah. sitting a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger. Unless I'm out of state and it's, yeah, and have nothing but a giant ag field that's legal for me to hunt. Yeah, that's true. Or if you are just so confident that if I can sit right here, he's going to come by, you know, out of state. You, sometimes you got to bear down. If it's out of state, I'll do it. And I'm not going to say that I've never sat in a blind at home because I have, especially if it's been 120 degrees or it's pouring rain. But yeah. I'm not going to sit there for four hours. Unless it's a pool house with Yankee John, right? Uh, I don't know that I was. Can you call that a blind? And if you have company, are you really... If you have company and cold beers, are you really hunting? Yeah, the, I could uh, I could guarantee you you know my answer to that because every time I've been with you and we try to like sit for two hours or something in the afternoons, I'm like, all right, man, let's move. Yeah, it's been ten minutes, so I, I am a run and gun. That's just that's what I love about turkey hunting. If I wanted to be a blind hunter, I'd like deer hunting a lot more than I do. I love the the fact that I get to move and be active. So. Yeah. I'll run and gun all day before you stick me in a blind. Only time I blind hunt is when I take a disabled person hunting with the Hope Outdoors hunt. And we usually are conversating, getting to know each other the whole time anyway. So it goes by nicely. Yeah. But if I'm on the gun, I promise you, I do not want to sit in a blind. Yep. Very good. All right. Rios or Osceolas? I'm going to go Osceola. What about you? Osceola. Yeah. If I was about to starve to death, Rios. <laughs> yeah but florida's a cool place they got they got cool terrain down there and the osceola's a cool bird yeah what about osceolas or merriams i guess osceolas and that's i'm gonna tough. stick with Osceola. man that's really tough because the places you hunt merriams are so cool but if just it's gorgeous strictly turkey based osceola but if it was terrain, I might would have to swing back to the Merriam because they are fun to hunt in that cool terrain. But I'm going to stick with Osceola. Osceolas or Easterns? Easterns by a million. What about you? It used to be Osceolas for me. If I'm going to go off of just the bird and not the experience, Easterns. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm basing it on. I like it. If you had the four subspecies in the same block of woods, which one would I want to hunt? It would... Ooh, I want to hunt all four. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I could kill them all, I would, but <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I the Eastern does it for me. They just seem like they got that cunning behavior. They have the, the sneakiness even more so than the other subspecies, the booming gobble, just that 
deep, echoing, loud gobble that just seems to shake the earth. And I just love Easterns, man. I love them. Yeah. So that. So we agreed on all those. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? Or I'm going to throw a third option since you hunt a lot of this. Cutover turkey. Well, I'm going to call a cutover turkey a field turkey. Okay. All right. So open open land turkeys or, or woods turkeys? I used to be a woods turkeys guy all day long. So can I fan Ugh. legally? Uh, yes. We'll give you the option. Let me puke real quick. It's not as easy of a choice for me if I can fan. It's hard to beat an eastern turkey in a hardwood bottom. It's hard to beat any subspecies of turkeys out in a field, full strut, strutting right to you, all lit up, colors on red and white on its neck. I mean, I'm. I'm really torn on this one now. I used to be woods turkeys all day long. I'm probably going to have to go woods turkeys still. I'm 100% woods turkey without any hesitation. Although it's interesting if you read the old pro turkey hunter, Gene Nunnery was a woods guy his whole life until his hearing started failing him. And then he was a fields guy because he could watch the birds come in. Yeah. So I could see that transition happening at some point in life. But right now I'm young and rolling up. I want them in the woods, man, if I if I can help it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Bead for me. Two reasons. I'm colorblind, and I grew up hunting quail, squirrels, ducks, everything on earth with an open sight gun. I just naturally feel better with open sights and a bead compared to any kind of holographic or scope site that where i just i feel like i aim too hard when i have that on there instead of just naturally shooting the turkey you know and i experienced a red dot site for a season and did not like it so i'm a beads guy rifle site for me yeah yeah you've had the same site set up since i've ever known you with those and they're cheap too aren't they those high viz yeah what they're called yeah they, they're, i don't know they might be 20 bucks for the whole setup. Yeah, they work great. You can adjust them and move them around. And right. Seems like it's worked out great for you. Yeah. I mean, I've only, probably only missed 100 turkeys. <laughs> uh, might be so, just a little south of that, maybe 95, 94. And high-vis sales just plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? If I'm at home... It used to be rubber boots for me all day, every day. Now that I'm hunting a lot more hills compared to bottomland, mm-hmm. it's leather boots. Yeah. So I'm going to go with leather boots because I just hunt with them more now than I used to. And really, I need to change that from leather to hiking. Hiking. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, I am... well. If the question is, what do I wear the most? It's probably my cross granges, which I know I think that's what you used to wear or still wear for your rubber boots. Yeah. So I wear a lot of those rubber boots. But if if it was a preference, it would be hip boots for me. And that Mm. would mean I was in a swamp. And that would mean I was very happy. (laughs) That's where I feel most at home. So I love breaking up hip boots for crossing sloughs and water that used, used to get me wet until I figured out, hey. 
why don't I get some uninsulated hip boots and I can stay dry for a while and be pretty comfortable. Yeah. So that that's going to be my answer. Cool. I'm glad I get to ask you this question first. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Oh, Alaska, hands down. I mean, all the different states of Alaska. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say my favorite place on the turkeys because that really could send somebody back in there next spring. <laughs> we have changed our tune in hopes that we can prevent some hot spotting. I'm not, I don't even know if we have enough listeners that would go somewhere where we said was good yeah. that, you know, would actually hot spot a place. But so mine is Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. I would say if it was just super specific, not because the turkey hunting's good at all, it actually really sucks now, but we have one family farm that's been in the family forever, and I haven't killed a turkey there in three years now, but if if I got to get on a turkey there, that's my favorite place to ever get on a bird, just because it's where I grew up hunting and fishing, and the first turkey I ever killed was down there, so kind of sentimental value of it is absolutely not because the turkey hunting's that great because as i said i haven't, we haven't killed a turkey down there in years <laughs> but if i could choose one place on earth to put a bunch of turkeys and get to hunt them it'd be right there yeah so that's yeah, my good. answer there all right stay no most turkeys you've ever killed in this this answer is last year for both of us isn't it? <laughs> yeah last year and it's 10 yeah so i killed 16 last year and not saying that boastfully or anything and i know you're not either it just we both yeah. traveled a lot and we were blessed to have really good springs absolutely yeah all right all right the least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season i think it'd be one and that was my first year hunting we got a my dad and i got a jake and that was it I killed one turkey a year for i don't know all the for probably my first three or four years hunting at least because you know, learning, man. <laughs> yeah. So what, what about you? Have you one or zero or zero? Nine, <laughs> nine and a half. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Zero for me. And it goes back to when I was learning. You know, yeah. I, I when I say I didn't have a mentor, I mean, I literally didn't have a mentor. I knew kind of what to do. Mm-hmm. But just from hearing people talk about it, but I didn't, I didn't have a clue. So and you, you probably learned more in those zero year or years than you did in your 10 bird year, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was doing things like getting up in the morning, hunting until nine o'clock and going yeah. back to the camp and taking a nap from 10 to noon, drinking beer from, you know, noon to four o'clock in the afternoon and then going out without a gun to try to roost one in the afternoon, you know, whereas now it's, it's all day. Even mm-hmm. if I'm at home, it's all day. If it's legal, it's all day long. Yep. So, so I can take a nap in the woods. Yep. So yep. yeah, just a lot has changed. That's the way I'll put it. That's a fact. Once I don't know, just get to the point where any second I can be out there chasing them when season's on, I want to be out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't care what's going on. I, I just, that's what I want to do when turkey season's open. <laughs> yeah. And your odds of killing turkeys is obviously going to go up to more minutes and hours you're out there. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you're up, man. Out of all the states you've hunted, 
which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? I have no remorse in saying this. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's the least populated turkey state on earth, but the ones that are there, I think they've been hunted more and longer than any other species we got, and I think that's why. But they are wise, wise old birds. I'm going to put a very close second with Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas turkeys that we've experienced have been been very wise turkeys, too. Those have been hunted hard, too. I mean, those Arkansas people hunt pretty hard. They do. There's some good hunters in Arkansas. Like Jeremy Wood pointed out in our episode with him about Arkansas, I never thought about land turkeys can inhabit in Arkansas is actually not that much. It's very regional because they have so much ag and rice fields, you know, through the middle portion of that state. So it. I think they get hit pretty hard there, and they are definitely some slick old Easterns walking around there. Yeah. I still have to give Alabama the edge on it. Oh, yeah. No turkeys have whooped my butt more than Alabama turkeys in college, and no turkeys have taught me more than Alabama turkeys when I was in college. <laughs> yeah. I went thinking, you know, I was thought, hey, I, I kind of got this figured out. I'm I'm getting pretty good at this deal. <laughs> I learned real quick I was not as good as I thought I was. Yep. But it was a great learning experience. I think I'm a much better hunter for it. Yeah, it's it's an experience is probably the best way to say it. Some yeah. frustrating, frustrating, frustrating turkeys. Yep. So, all right. I think it's your question, man. That was mine again? Yeah. All right. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? I'm going to consider this as one turkey sound because it's one series, but yelps and cuts together. That is not series. one turkey sound. It, that is when two a, turkey when sounds. When a hen turkey, she goes, yap, 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 That's that one. That is a yelp and a cut. All right. I'm going to go with yelp then, but series-wise, I want some cuts in there. Okay. Sorry for being so hard on you there. <laughs> I don't want you to resign as co-host because I was yeah. a little hard on you. I'm out, man. What, what do you think? I mean, are you you're probably you're probably some kind of softer call, or are you going Yelp as well? I'm gonna give since that's really what this show is is to go into detail on these answers. I'm gonna give a two prong answer. If I should say a conditional answer, how about that? If I'm in Alabama, a cluck will do it. Yep. That cluck is that I'm over here where you. You know, at least that's my interpretation of that. Yeah, it's, it's keeping tabs on each other for sure. I think in any other state is Yelp. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it's all going to be situational. I mean, if you know you're hunting a bird that's been hit hard, yelping your brains out at him might not be the best strategy. So, but if if you told me you can only use one sound for the rest of your life, I think the Yelp, I would kill more turkeys nationwide with that than I would anything else. Yeah. And I've I've been hunting in Alabama when I have heard hens from the time they fly down in the morning until they either quit calling or I lose the ability to hear them cluck and no other sound. Mm -hmm. I'm sure just because turkeys, I kind of feel like a lot of people that listen to this show do about this. I feel that turkeys are 
constantly communicating with one another. A lot of it's inaudible to us, to our hearing at a distance. So I'm sure there's some little soft purrs and that kind of thing going on. But cluck, cluck, cluck. I mean, it's just what they do. Yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Speaking of calling. I've said I'm average. I'm not going to change that. And I'm going to say five is average. Yeah. You know, would... if you're in high school or college or elementary school, a 70 is average. But yeah. No, I'm not a seven out of 10. I'm a five out of 10. All right. What you got? I'd say on a competition caller type basis, I'm, I'm like a five or six myself. I mean, I'm, I'm nobody when it comes to that. I, I, I will say, I think I, turkey woods and situational calling and getting turkeys to come in i'll bump myself to like a seven but that that's where i'm gonna go with that and i think i don't even you know on a scale of my lifespan i think i'm a 10 of of my capabilities i think i'm at the best i'm gonna get because i don't plan to put just a ton more practice in with it I'm, i'm at a level i'm comfortable with so i think i'm at my top top level right now well and you're a little more conservative in judging yourself than I would be in judging you. But I think, you know, probably that's the case for a lot of us because it sounds different in our heads than it does to someone else listening. That doesn't yeah. mean that, that we all the time sound worse in our heads than when someone else is listening or judging your calling. But I think most of the time it sounds worse in our heads. Just like it sounds terrible through a microphone, if you're oh, up yeah. close. Microphones, it sounds awful. And yeah. I've noticed if I'm just sitting in my backyard calling, I sound, you know, fine. But it's not when I'm sitting down hunting and a turkey's gobbling and and things are going on. I I, I do things when I'm in the moment that I don't do when I'm just sitting around playing around because it's like I assume. I don't know. I get more into the character, I guess, when the when the game's going. Yeah. And I think my best calling, like if the best I'm ever going to sound is when I'm sitting on the tree trying to work a bird. I really, really do hit my best usually at that time, or at least my most realistic sounding hen sounds, because I, 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 I've figured out how to really tap into it, I guess. And, and it's been interesting for me to notice. I'm like, I don't sound as good, you know, sitting here at home <laughs> yeah but sometimes when i'm in the woods it's like i kill the turkey and i'm like man i, I don't even remember half of what i just did but i think it sounded pretty good <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i was i was in the you know i i got in the zone and i i think when you call will always be more important than how good you sound personally yeah but that that's our rankings i guess yeah all right i'm glad i get to ask you this one because you do a lot of reading. Your favorite turkey hunting book? I'm going to go readily available if anybody wants to read a book. The Old Pro Turkey Hunter is my favorite book for that reason. Out of all the books I've read, The Greatest Moments of My Life by Jack Dudley is my favorite read. And that one is very, very difficult to find. So a lot of people will not get the opportunity to read it. Hopefully one day somebody will do a reprint, but as of right now, you're going to have a tough time coming across it, but it's, I love it. It's, he was not a writer. He wrote it as if you were sitting on the porch 
in two rocking chairs talking about turkey hunting, and I love it. And it's it's a great book. So I'm going to go with The Greatest Moments of My Life by Jack Dudley and Old Pro Turkey Hunter, close second, and definitely number one of readily available books that anybody can go pick up a copy for 20 bucks. What about you? So I still have to go back to this, and it's really not a turkey hunting book in the way that it was written. But to me, I think it is a very important book to read for turkey hunters, and that is Illumination in the Flatwoods by Joe Hutto. Oh, yeah. It's not only just a great story and amazing story as well, but there is so much knowledge to glean from that book. It is really just mind-blowing. It is. It is and the PBS documentary that you can watch online is also really Very interesting. Cool. Yeah. But the book goes way into more detail. But after I read the book, then I watched the documentary. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And incredible read for sure. It's for anybody who doesn't know, the guy basically raises turkeys as if he's the mother hen. And he it's a it's his actual journal entries day by day of what happened with the turkeys. And it's, it's incredible. It's just really cool insight into wild turkeys. Yeah. Good stuff. That's that's a cool answer. I know who taught you how to turkey hunt you. Yeah. And lots (laughs) and lots and lots of turkeys. Yep. The turkeys themselves. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not going to say that I didn't pick stuff up from other hunters and listening to them talk and in hunting with them. Oh yeah. But I did not have a mentor in the turkey woods. I had a mentor in the deer woods. And, you know, that's fall and winter hunting. But come springtime, my dad was working seven days a week and 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So there was no learning how to spring turkey hunt from him. Yeah. He didn't do it. Still, he'll go because he's retired now. But he still is not a spring turkey hunter. He just likes being in the woods, really, is what his deal is. And I can totally relate to that. So, you know, the the turkey hunting is an excuse for him to get in the woods and for us to spend some time together. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's lots of turkeys. So how about you? Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My mentor was the first one, and he'll remain nameless, as I've mentioned on here before. But he he his father was an old school turkey hunter up in Mississippi hunting with all these people you read about, you know, he knew Gene Nunnery and Jack Dudley and all these folks. So he's, he's one of the old pro turkey hunters and taught me a lot about turkeys. And then I've had numerous mentors in my life after that, but he was the original one and I had a doctor client of my dad's. He taught me a lot. My best friend's dad taught me some, and I consider you in there. You've taught me a lot about turkey hunting, and every person that I've ever turkey hunted with, whether it was their first time or their hundredth time, has been a mentor to me turkey hunting. I, I can pick up something from everybody. Amen. And I took a guy and helped him get his first turkey last year, and I learned stuff hunting with him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know what? I hope I have a bunch more mentors for the next 50 years. So yep. I'm not done learning yet, but original had one guy really got me started yeah i wish that more people would have that i wish everybody would have that uh you know everyone i i can learn from anyone and everyone whether it's learning what to do or learning what not to do 
Oh, yeah. It, and people just, they'll notice something that you don't notice sometimes. Yeah. Even not big-time hunters, but they'll, I've had them just point something out. Maybe it's not even about turkeys, but something about nature right there that it's just like, wow, I've been doing this for all these years, and I never noticed that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always learn something from anybody. I don't I don't care who it is. Yeah. And and like you said, sometimes it's you learn what not to do from <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's always always stay out there and think what, what I learned from this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We are getting close to winding this thing down, but I'm interested to hear your answer of this one. Oh Lord. Think of the toughest turkey you have ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? This or one her? is Yeah. <laughs> So, Think of the toughest Jake you ever killed, you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? I actually could tell you exactly, and yes, I did kill the toughest Jake I ever hunted. The the one that I mentioned earlier, Jake wise, since you said that jokingly, that I shot that peaked his head up that I thought no doubt was a gobbler. I hunted that turkey for three days, and he whooped me. <laughs> yeah, and then I finally killed him, and it was Jake. So. That was the toughest Jake ever hunted, but toughest turkey ever hunted, hands down, no doubt, the psychic. And I could, I could do a whole episode on the psychic, but I did not kill him, and nobody killed that turkey. And he died of old age, and that's the only way he was going. He was charmed. He, he just had it. One of those few, you know, I think a lot of turkeys get names, but only a few get to the certain level like that this turkey got to and i've only seen two in my life so far that i would put and the second one didn't even get close to the psychic the psychic was just roosted in the same tree every night gobbled his freaking head off from daylight till 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning couldn't kill him i don't care i sicked my mentor on him he couldn't kill him he had the best time of his life in there and when we were leaving, he was smiling ear to ear, and I was like, "What are you? What's going on?" He's like, "Man, that was so much fun. You will never kill that turkey." And <laughs> I, he just loved it. He thought that was the greatest thing ever that we went and hunted the turkey that nobody could kill, and and we didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and he he was adamant at that point. I was still pretty young, and he he like sat me down and was like, "You do not ambush that turkey." He's like. You, either beat him fair and square or you know don't shoot him off the roost or do something stupid like that turkey deserves to live <laughs> hmm. and i was like you know i think you're right like honestly i respect him so much i want to kill him legit like i, I don't want to just go crawl up under and shoot him off a limb or something yeah <laughs> so he, he didn't still that in me but that oh i could just that's the one i'll never forget for sure and my brothers found him and we had i had so much fun hunting that turkey and it, it got to the point i remember morning after morning getting in a john boat and going to the other end of the property knowing 110 percent i was going to hear the psychic gobble back at the boat launch and thinking i'm not hunting him today i don't care what happens i'm not hunting him because i can't win and you get over there and he starts gobbling about his 50th gobble i'd get back in that boat and i'm flying over there today's the day mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. get home bloody and so soaking wet freezing cold no turkey 
is usually how it would end up. So did not kill him. I could, I'm telling you, I could tell you some stories on that turkey, but we just do not have time. Yeah. What about so, you? For me, there were two, and I hunted them both very early on in my career. I killed one of them. I did have the second one dead to rights at about 30 yards one evening right before fly-up time, walking to his roost. He never gobbled. He was walking in that direction. I had the bead on him and did not squeeze the trigger. Mm -hmm. You had that respect thing for him, didn't you? I totally had that respect for him. And, you know, there's another little part of this story that I think I've told before, and that is that my buddy Todd was in that same neck of woods with me. I had a feeling the bird was going to come from one of two directions, and he did. He came my direction and not from Todd's. And I was not 100% sure where Todd was, uh-huh. but I was I was 95% sure Todd was nowhere near where this turkey was when I had the bead on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so still. it's a respect thing, and it's the last thing you ever want to do is shoot your hunting buddy thing. But Absolutely. He, he was he was he was dead. All <laughs> I had to do was squeeze the trigger. I mean, he he was dead. He flew up the next morning. Todd and I went in there and hunted him and he gobbled his brains out on the roost. He flew down onto the neighbor's property and, you know, went over there and gobbled the rest of the morning. And he just kind of alternated. There was a few mornings he'd fly on our property, a few mornings he'd fly down on their property. He'd roost right on the corner of our property and their property and we had a ball mm-hmm. hunting that turkey i mean one afternoon so remember me telling you early in my career i'd go out in the afternoons without a gun and just try to roost a bird and that would be what i would do you know that would be my afternoon quote unquote hunt well this particular day i did t- i did take my shotgun with me but i was down near that corner and we had a tree stand right on the property line. It was a lock-on stand, and that stand needed to be moved. So I climbed up that tree. My, Of course, my shotgun's on the ground. I climb up that tree, and I am working trying to get the strap off of the lock-on stand, you know, where it was ratcheted so tightly on the tree. I'm working to try to get that strap off. Mm-hmm. And I'm pulling on the the buckle and it's squeaking and squeaking and squeaking and I'm not in any way indicating that it sounded like a hen, but I hear something walking in the leaves. I look down and that turkey walks directly underneath <laughs> the tree that I'm in. My shot, he walks between me and my shotgun, <laughs> but of course I'm 20 feet up in a tree oh, walks man. past me. And when he gets out of, out of range where I know he can't see me, I come down from that tree, reach over, grab my shotgun, sit down, get my slate call out. I thought, holy cow, this is it. He's about to die. I hear him getting louder. Louder. He pulled the Alabama on you, didn't he? Drumming, 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 stops drumming. And if you made me bet, 
I would bet that today, right now, 9.39 p.m., that turkey is still standing behind that tree <laughs> that he walked up perfectly, kept that tree between me and him, walked up, stood there, drummed, strutted. He's still standing behind that tree. Yeah. Never did I see him again that afternoon. Yep. That's, that's where legends are born, man. Yeah. So, again, just like you said of the psychic, I've got so many awesome stories of hunting that turkey. and That, that turkey, needs to be an episode soon where we just maybe get Preston Pittman or somebody on and we just talk about bad turkey. Yeah. Yeah. But that turkey, that's one of my two mentors. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, anyway. All right. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Yes. Do you I'm prefer you. long? I'm, okay. I'm a, I'm a spur guy, but I'm with you. Yes, I like them both. Yeah. I don't, but you're a gobbler. I don't care. Even though but, every beard is different, there's not much difference between the beard and bird number one or bird number 115. Yeah. But every single one of those spurs are different. Yeah. That's what different colors, different sizes, different curves. Sharpness. You can have them. Yeah. You take, pull three different one inch spurs from three different turkeys' legs, and every single one of them are different. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just cool. They're cool. Yep. I'm a spur guy. All right. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make. That's actually a tough question, but a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to when I was what I would consider a new turkey hunter. I'd say going home too early and not hunting that late morning shift. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Because that's when I first hunted, and when they weren't gobbling at 8 o'clock, I'm home. Yeah. And I, I think that's a huge mistake new turkey hunters make. They think when they stop that goblin lull, when he gets with his hens first thing in the morning that it's over, it's far from over for the day. So I'm I'm going to go with going home too early, not maximizing time and not hunting that late morning shift. Yeah. What about you? So many people, when we go through this, when we're in, before we interview them, we go through these questions with them. They say lack of patience. And I think your answer is lack of patience you know it's it's yeah a part of that new hunter not being patient enough yeah and i'm going to i'm going to agree with you of course because that is a very big mistake that new turkey hunters make but i'm going to go a little more cerebral and i'm going to say that new turkey hunters don't take enough time to really learn everything that they need to know about a wild turkey mm-hmm. before they go out in order to really appreciate the animal that they're hunting, the experience that they're having, and then when they get to have it, the success. And I think that once someone really knows a wild turkey from, and I've never spent a lifetime with them like Joe Hutto in when I say lifetime, I'm talking turkey's lifetime, not his lifetime. Yeah. But he was with them from when they were hatched to when they all left or, you know, the ones that died, died as adults sitting on nests. But until you can appreciate what 
those turkeys have been through to get to that point to be in front of your gun barrel at 30, 35, 40 yards, 10 yards, whatever it is, I just don't think that you get the true appreciation for how lucky we are to be able to get out and experience that hunt and be able to harvest a trophy like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just, you know, I'm getting older, you know, looking at things a little differently. And I think that new hunters, beginner turkey hunters should really spend a lot more time learning about wild turkeys. Yeah, I think that's a good, good point. Not just hunting them, learning the bird. Yeah. And all of that will make you a better hunter. Absolutely. When you piece it all together, it makes you a better hunter. If you know your quarry, you will know more about what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with our last question. How long does turkey season last in heaven? And what is the bag limit? I think I take a little issue with our guests that we have on that when they answer this question. They say the season lasts forever and it's unlimited bag limit. <laughs> the issue I'm going to take is this. And don't get me wrong, that would that literally would be heaven. But would we appreciate it if we could do it every single day and kill an unlimited number of them? Would we appreciate the sport as much? Would we appreciate the bird uh, yeah. as much? Probably not. I mean, if you could turkey hunt for 11 and a half months out of the year, would you go every single day? Think about it. Would you? I probably would like this year, and then I, I think I would burn out at some point. I don't know how many months it would take, but yeah, if it happened right now, yeah, probably could this year. But I think after you know a year or two, maybe two years, or maybe I'm just nuts and do it five years in a row. But at some point, you'd burn out rather than with it just being a spring ordeal and a little bit of fall. Yeah. So I didn't answer the question directly and i'm going to say this i think that turkey season in heaven never goes out and the bag limit is unlimited <laughs> i mean i'm I, you know it's like i get to have a say so in yeah it. so you know I, I don't know is six months and 50 turkeys enough <laughs> if you're in heaven then you don't ever have to worry about you get to hunt all the turkeys that died since yeah. the beginning of time since God created them. So, hey, there's a heck of a of a population in heaven. So, sure, you kill 50 in a year, no problem. We'll make more. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to go with what everybody else says. Unlimited bag limit season lasts forever. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know that we'll even really be killing them dead because we won't need the meat or anything. Or, I mean, I don't think we even have desire to kill them, but I know my mentor, one of the first times he ever took me turkey hunting, we were walking next to this cypress slough, and he looked over at me and said, you see that big cypress tree right there? I said, yeah. He said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be sitting on a cypress tree just like that, and there's going to be a turkey roosted over this slough right here, gobbling his freaking brains out. He said, I think that's going to happen every morning in heaven. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So I think every hollow... Every slough, every block of woods in heaven is going to have a goblin turkey in it. And I don't know if we'll be able to kill them or not. And I don't even know if we'll want to, but I think we'll get to really enjoy them. And maybe I'll get to hunt the old psychic again. 
Yeah, there you go. Hey, maybe that's part of it. He gets yeah. to just whoop me for eternity, and that actually is heaven instead of. <laughs> 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 I'd love it, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Every morning, get to go hear him gobble till ten thirty, and he just whoops me. That's heaven right there. Yeah. Oh that'd, man, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, this was this was fun, fun exercise. It's nice to dive into the questions a little deeper than the two minute deal. Yeah. Yeah, so now you and I hold the record for the worst time on the rapid-fire Q&A. Yeah, I'd say that's a fact. One hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> you got it. And with that's that said, what do you say we wrap this thing up? Yeah, i say we wrap it on up. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.